Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse Podcast, where formally off-the-table topics take center stage so you can feel comfortable, confident, and free in your body. This podcast was born out of the desire to share the intimate and necessary conversations about one of the most ignored, abused, and suppressed areas of our bodies, our pelvises. Not sure where that is? Let's put a finger on it, shall we? I'm your host, Brittany Ellers, holistic pelvic physical therapist, womb worker, and educational speaker and advocate for all things pelvic health. My hope for this show is that it enlivens listeners like you to take steps towards healing your own relationship with your pelvic space holistically for fuller embodiment and a more loving human experience. So when you're ready, let's take a deep breath and dive right in. Hi, we're here. Welcome to the Pelvic Pulse podcast, Dr. Kayleen. How are you doing today? Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I'm better now that I'm here. I had a weird morning (laughs) with this tea on my lap and you and my company. I'm feeling great. Good, good. The herbs are magic, which by the way, anyone listening or watching, um, these are herbs that you pulled from your own garden, which is a lot of what we want to talk about today. So do you want to tell everyone what it is that you're a doctor of and what you're passionate about right now. Absolutely. So it's a great time of year to be sharing this information too, because we're just going into the season of spring. And a lot of the herbs in this cup actually are season spring herbs that pop up and kind of like the budding energy of this time and the budding energy of herbal medicine, really kind of calling to our awareness. Mm. And as of all the seasons, I feel like of herbs and all the seasons of our own bodies connecting with this, with the earth. I think that spring is such a beautiful time to start an endeavor kind of into herbal medicine, into your relationship with herbs. Um, My relationship with herbs goes back to when I was a really little girl and mostly just like in the love of a garden, right? Like my, my earliest memories, my actual earliest memory is picking a blackberry, like putting my fingers deep inside the thorn bush and like getting the juiciest berry. Oh, And I feel like that's kind of just rippled throughout my life. Like that's Yes. Oh my God. That's so cute. I can totally see a baby version of you doing that. (laughs) So I think it started through like a love of berries and then a love of flowers and then maybe a love of leaves and and et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I grew up actually in like a pretty conventional background that wasn't super connected with herbal medicine Mm -hmm. as a source of healing really. And now my evolution has brought me all the way to being a naturopathic doctor, which is been a really beautiful transition through time and it's fun to kind of reflect of where I'm at now in naturopathic medicine with this kind of focus on herbalism Mm. to where I came from so I grew up in New York and a very like conventional western pharmaceutical based type of arena around me and I first got into medicine I was actually an EMT so like when you call 911 I showed up (laughs) (laughs) with a sock hand with a sock hand (laughs) Um, and I started that when I was 16 so I was like a little weenie and I was just so curious about healing really my uncle at the time and still is I think was an EMT and so it was kind of in my family and I was looking for a thing just like a, a different avenue to express myself to learn just like another family too, the community was really strong that I stepped mm. into. And I learned so much in that process around trauma, around healing, around integration, around being empathetic, around being being able to hold space for people and also not take on their 
their stuff, right? Totally. Especially in like that intimate acute type of experiences of like when people are calling when they're usually at their worst or something's at their worst in their surroundings, right? And yeah. how to maintain a level of calm and really maintain like a level of connectedness with the planet to help the people that you're connecting with mm-hmm. ground back down, come back into their bodies, be able to like assess the situation that is emergent, but like with a methodical what like energy to yeah. you, right? And with a grounded energy to you. So that doesn't whatever that emergent situation and just you know spiral right. into more chaos. Really. Right. So I was exposed to that being really young, like 16 years old went through their like junior program or whatever it was and started really like volunteering regularly when I was 18 until my young 20s and through that process like gained so much love for medicine and just like mm-hmm. being with people I think even more than like the medicine was just like I loved being with people well, being with people is medicine is right medicine. no that's so true <laughs> yeah and like Community. at people's worst times like, of, like right. helping people just like calm down into their bodies like that's always been a gift of mine of just like helping people to come back into their bodies which in my own experience in my body I feel like it's the best thing in the world when I feel myself come back into my body if I've been sort of like a bit so agreed agreed yeah so I kind of started in that arena and then I found that I really wanted to follow up more with the people that I was seeing like Mm -hmm. I would see them on their emergent moment and then I would drop them off the hospital I would like give them all the TLC that I could in that you know acute situation and then I would just kind of pray for them a bit and then really wonder yeah (laughs) like I wonder how Sally McDermott is doing (laughs) Sally McDermott's not a real person yeah yeah right no HIPAA (laughs) maybe she is sorry Sally (laughs) but like I wanted to know more so then I'm like okay maybe I'll go to be a physician assistant so I went to schooling for that I went like halfway through a program because that's who I drop people off with at the at the hospital so I'm like this is a natural trans you know um transfer I feel like for my own learning and so I did that for a while and then I just something didn't feel quite right. And mm. I don't know if I 100% even knew at the time what it was, but I just knew that like whatever the medicine was that they were using and in that situation, it's mostly pharmacy. It's like mm. pretty narrowed to that as far as therapeutics go. It didn't feel like wholesome in my body, right? Yeah. And for others it does and that's amazing. We need that, but it didn't feel expansive. So at that point I took a step back from it. I just finished a degree in biology. I had no idea what I was gonna do moving forward. And then my stepmom got a little sick or pretty sick. And she still has a little bit of digestive issues, but like in her digestion. Mm-hmm. And my dad had found this naturopathic doctor that was practicing kind of under the table in New York because we don't have licensure there, but was mm-hmm. like doing his best to share his medicine in his most authentic way. Mm-hmm. And he really helped my stepmom. And I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And like growing up sometimes, like my stepmom would give me like oregano oil or put garlic and onions on my feet and kind of like these funny things you know, that. that made me smelly. <laughs> but that helped (laughs) and so I just got curious about it and I remember it was like winter in Queens New York I was freezing my ass off in my apartment like without heat and was like looking at things to do next and looked up naturopathic schools because I was just curious I saw one in San Diego and honestly it's the sunshine (laughs) that brought me to like naturopathic medicine I hear that I hear that I resonate with that a lot yeah (laughs) And then I ended up falling in love and it was like, wow, it's like this beautiful container mm-hmm. that so many different creative elements of who I really am, like have been able to blossom in the process. Yeah. And then it all came back kind of to that blackberry, <laughs> which I grow now, which is like happily in the garden. I use the blackberry leaves a lot more now than I use the fruit. So what do you use the leaves for? 
I use the leaves as uterine tonic. So raspberry leaf is, I feel like it's a very common herb totally. that many women may know about as being a uterine tonic, but it's in the same family mm -hmm. as blackberry. They're both in the rubus family. So they have very similar qualities and being just that in this region and particularly in my garden, blackberry <laughs> is so much better than raspberry. Yeah. I just use it a ton. Oh my yeah. gosh, I didn't know that. What mm -hmm. else do you grow in your garden? And yeah. is this the stuff that you're using for your own yes. like herbal creation? I love this and... question because I feel like more than what I decide to be in my garden, like the garden decides what's going to be in the garden. That's and what I, say, what I mean by that is I have put so many different herbs of like, I want this plant to grow. Or I want this plant to grow. And I'd say there's like a five, 10 to 10% success rate, which is like <laughs> pretty low. I'd say, yeah. But over the course of three years or so, like the herbs that want to be there have showed up, whether I've planted mm -hmm. them or whether they've like found dormant seeds and have, you know, come to arise. And yeah. it's often the herbs that I like want to do really well but maybe don't and the herbs that I don't know that much about some how do really well and I learn so much more about them absolutely and it's come to me in my awareness over time that like the herbs that we need personally maybe that our tribe needs depending you know on how what health connected we are with the herbs where they might be even dispensed to I think that there's really a knowledge base and like a wisdom base within the herbs of like I need to be here or I don't need to be here and I see that even with like the waves of what our culture is needing at the time it's like those those herbs come to the forefront and yeah I mean this is a topic that's so expansive even into like invasive herbs and things like my belief is that like when herbs come to a region they come to a region for for, for a reason mm, and it's usually for compliments some sort of thing that's off balance um but for me right now in the springtime what's popping up is a lot of nettle right nettle comes first I was just gonna bring up yeah. the fact that like the way you were saying that was making me think with nettle around yeah. our house it was like yeah. the first time you came over here yeah. and you're like look at all this nettle and <laughs> during that specific time I think it was like fairly stressful for a lot of people mm. for mm. my community for myself and mm. it was like yeah earth just being like hey here right. I'm here use me yeah. but Okay, so yes, nettle was first in the spring, and yeah. then, or I mean, I guess late winter. Late winter, like this one of the earliest spring herbs, so it technically shows up in late winter into early spring, and to me, it's like, when I first see nettle come up, there's so much excitement that comes uh. up in my body, because it's like <laughs> that shift from dormancy into like a little bit of budding, Yeah, and these herbs are wise when they come up like it's a reason why they choose each season is mm -hmm. my true belief and nettle is a really great one for cleansing the body mm -hmm. especially like blood cleansing it's also incredible for allergies and allergies like start to pop up around that time of year as well right and then if you actually look at the herb it has serrated edges it's it's a stinging plant right you bump into it and it actually stings you like it hurts yeah so I feel like <laughs> for like millennia this herb is looked at as being like a pass and still is in so many tough like so many avenues right because you walk through a nettle field and you're like cursing yes <laughs> it really yes. hurts but in that same vein like that type of like allergic response that it causes in your body it's an herb that's really good for quenching that type of response if you're having that due to other types of things mm. right whatever it might be if you have some sort of like allergy type of disposition in your body if you're having hives you know and maybe wave like patterns due to some sort of environmental toxin or due to some sort of like overactivation of your immune system or whatever it might be mm. nettles is there for you that's mm. for sure 
And it's also one of the most nutritive herbs out there, meaning has like a really beautiful diversity of minerals and nutrients that are super enriched within the leaves and within the stem, even within some of the um, seeds, like that sting you even. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's really curious because it pops up also in areas where the soil is usually deficient, hmm. which blows my mind that it can pop up in an area that soil is deficient and then have like the most minerals. And then time that dies and all those minerals go back to the earth. So it's like yeah. feeding back to the earth, which is blows my mind that that can even be a thing. Like just the magic cycle. of that is insane. It blows my mind. Um but it's such an incredible medicine in that way too, because it's able to help us to quench the nutrients that we might be losing within our body throughout the winter season, helps us to quench the minerals that we might be deficient in, being that we haven't had maybe as fresh fruit and vegetables over that winter season. So it's a fortifying mm. type of energy that is carried with it. That I love that. You can see when you look at it, like it looks like <laughs> a fortification herb. You don't really want to mess with it. Absolutely. Like they can get yeah. big, they can get yeah. big and tall. Yeah, totally. I've been harvesting a ton of it because I'm trying to harvest enough to like last the whole year because I make a lot of personalized blends for my individual patients and then I have an herbal business that I'm sharing a lot of nettles in those blends too mm. so I'm like trying to sequester all the nettles during this time <laughs> and it's been an interesting process and just the harvesting of it you know Absolutely. like communicating with the plants so that doesn't sting me as much which seems to work some days and other days <laughs> not so much I don't know I haven't like perfected my language <laughs> That's super funny. Yeah, I love that. You need to you need to be able to communicate. It's I I think of Avatar to be honest. Like when she just blesses the animal and thanks it, and you know, like you're. It is just a circle of life, and you know, while it's giving us stuff, we can give back to the earth too, right? Right, and like to have that respect too for the plants. Like not to go into a region and wildcraft all of the plant all at once, or you know, like being respectful of like seeing that it's doing this incredible process and has like a purpose on this planet regardless of like our use of it and I think Mm -hmm. a part of its purpose is like connecting with humans and like being of service in that way but there's also probably a gazillion other purposes that we can't even fathom I know (laughs) but I I think we just need to respect on the side um but so nettles came up first and then there's a lot of calendula growing right now which I've never seen it so happy because we're having so many rains since Mm. Where like the flowers maybe they used to be like two inches wide or like four inches fear like blowing my mind when I walk through the <laughs> garden they're all like so sunny like look like just these big happy faces oh my god that's really yeah funny. but it blends really well with nettles too and blends and whatnot because mm. it's a really great lymphatic mover too so helps to move the lymph flow and in the springtime like often people will start to get a little bit congested or even some of like the immune deficiencies that maybe could have built up over winter time it's really great for fortifying that it's kind of like helps to shine light and when where the sun doesn't shine within Hmm. your own body yeah that makes sense so add a lot of broths too if we're making soup or really or a salad I'll break up the petals and just put in a salad I infuse it in vinegars a lot, tinctures, teas. It can pretty much That's be in like any form. It's pretty delicious. Okay. Too. I've heard of it and I'm like yeah. trying to think about how it's spelled, but I, yeah. I know I've had it. Yeah. I know I've had it. You definitely had it. It's <laughs> I, it's in our um our pelvic steam. Too. Oh, that's where I've yeah, read that. That's where you've seen it before. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I love it for pelvic steaming too because it's a really, it's a warming herb, but it's not yeah. like so warming where it's going to burn you. It just kind of has like this like 
there's different degrees of warmth and it has a certain degree of warmth where it's going to help blood to come to the surface and like enhance circulation and also help enhance movement fluidity within the body yeah in so many different ways but that's why I kind of like in the pelvic space because when we're doing a pelvic steam there's usually some level of like inadequate circulation in the region or just less flow than maybe we'd like there to be Mm -hmm. um as far as not even just the bloodstream like the blood the bleeding part of menstruation but more so just like around the pelvic cavity that could be contributing to cramping or tension or whatever it might be yeah absolutely I kind of want you to Pause on what else is growing yes. in the garden and yeah. maybe take a little river yeah. over into yeah. the uh into the pelvic steaming yeah. aspect. Cause like I feel like that's one really beautiful way to use herbs, like mm-hmm. rather than just like drinking from them or eating from them. But it's a very unique and special ritual that I've loved incorporating into my own pelvic health and yeah what I recommend to a lot of other people too. And even if they don't have herbs, like doing it with water, but yeah, talk more about that practice. And I would love to talk more into that. And when I was thinking about things that I might want to share today, I thought about pelvic steaming because I think that our culture and that our women or people that have wounds, like are, are needing this now more than ever in that. And the reason why is that even beyond like the physiological things that happen due to a pelvic steam, which is like expansive and incredible, just the like connectedness and vulnerability that one experiences when they're pelvic steaming to me is like the deepest part of the medicine. And when I was leaning into some of the patients that I've been seeing, some of the women that I've been speaking to in my circles recently, and just like what I've seen over the years is I think that there is a great disconnectedness between many women and their womb space. And something I've definitely experienced in my lifetime, especially through my teen years, like my early 20s, is just, I didn't really think of my womb much, right? Other than it, something that bleeds each month. And it kind of was like a pain in the ass for yeah. a long time. Yeah. is like what my relationship was with my womb. I didn't think of it as being an intuitive center. I didn't think of it as being like this grounded creative space. And this is something that's evolved for me and my own, you know, personal experience over time is now like looking at my womb and feeling into my womb as being a sacred center and like sacred center of wisdom more so than anything else. And like we have, yes, our intuition, like in more of like mental body, right? And it's like intelligence. We can read all of these books and like grab this knowledge from all these bits and pieces that are beautiful and like there's this inherent vulnerable wisdom that we hold in our womb space that to me is more like ancestral medicine it's like this deep knowing from generations and generations of wombs right that have been passed down and even Mm -hmm. at a physiological like in friends like if you look at like within the ovary space right like you're your eggs are from your grandma or something crazy like that, well it's right? basically yeah no yeah. you have it pretty much it's like our egg right that started in our mom right started in our grandma, started in grandma. yeah started in her in her mom right. and, and then her mom and then her mom and her right. mom so it's like that dna has always been there so you're right to call it ancestral knowledge and right. wisdom like rooted old wisdom and it just ripples right ripples within yeah. generations and when we talk about pelvic steaming it's this really vulnerable process because you're opening up that portal to steam you're opening up that portal to medicine you're opening up that portal for you to connect with that and this might not be a portal that you've connected with before and that's okay and it's also here for you always it's right there mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's it's ready she to ain't going connect. anywhere <laughs> well she may or may not I can't say for everyone right right? but if you feel resonant with that this is like if you're hearing this and like wanting to 
learn more or curious, it's likely that your womb is like knocking on the door, like, hello, see me. Well, I also <laughs> feel like whenever I do have any kind of menstrual issues, you yeah. know, like I think yeah. that a lot of cramps, a lot of like mood swings, all the mm. PMS stuff that people yeah. talk about as like very, very normal symptoms aren't really yeah. normal, normal, but they are basically your womb space being like, Hey, yeah. pay attention. And yeah. I think that that's, that's how I've used my steaming practice Beautiful. is like as a place to connect and just really listen and yeah. help her with her flow. Yeah. Because sometimes too, like I've reflected on this before, but like, um, over the past few years since I stopped birth control and really mm-hmm. recognizing my period blood as like a litmus test yeah. for my health, totally. like the only times that it's been pretty different mm-hmm. was like COVID. Okay. And then another stressful month, like during okay. that time, like earlier in that time. Right. <clears throat> and then maybe like a month ago, mm-hmm. you know? Okay. So I, I truly feel like if I'm, if I'm not taking the time to connect, like she'll tell yeah. me yeah. either way, yeah. whether my blood looks like Brown or it's right. a little bit more stingy and painful, mm-hmm. you know? So maybe stingy is not the right word, but, but yeah, there's a communication, clear communication happening there. Yeah. I think that's really well said. And I really appreciate what you said about like, what seems like normal symptoms to like the premenstrual, the cramping, like just because they're common doesn't mean that they're normal. And just to like break that for a second, yeah. right? That like you should be having cramping or you should have PMS. Like or it's a part should... of being a woman, yeah. deal with it. No, like there's the seasons of being a woman. Absolutely. The seasons of the menstrual cycle. Absolutely. And this is something in Monthly Rituals, which is like an herbal company, educational company that myself and two incredible colleagues have created together. Like this is a big educational point and tenant that we like to really like magnify is that we have these inner seasons and to connect with them is empowering because we realize that, you know, maybe when our men's, when we're menstruating, isn't the perfect time to like set up a podcast (laughs) or to make your meetings or to schedule the thing, you know, that's going to take a lot of your energy, Mm -hmm. but, but like your ovulation time probably is, you know, and it might not be exactly that for you, but like getting in tune with how you are feeling during the different seasons of your menstrual cycle, like can help a lot with the way that you interact with the world and the kindness and benevolent voice that you're able to really like contract for yourself. And with the pelvic steaming in particular, to go to circle back to that a bit, like one more energetic thing that I really want to touch is that if you think about steaming, like you're drawing this, yes, the steam is coming up, but you're drawing all your energy downward. It has like this like melting type of effect, which is why, yes, it's so great for the physiological like crampings and things, but they're also incredible for PMS, which you touched on, right? Because PMS, a lot of that is yes, there's this hormonal interplay there, but the, the energy of it is like the energetics are going up too much, right? Mm. Like you're kind of like living it up out of your body in the mind space or even yeah. covering a little bit over the mind space. Oh yeah. A lot in the heart, like just like that like palpitation type of feeling. Like absolutely kind of touch anxious, like discordant. And the pelvic steam, like there ain't nothing you can do when you're pelvic steaming except surrendering. Yes. <laughs> Any type of gripping will like pretty soon probably melt just to the nature of like what steam physiologically does to that body. It just melts you. It does. So it's your energetics get melted downward too. And I literally grounds you connects you back with the earth which I think is the most healing aspect of it overall right um but then just like looking at some of the physiological pieces 
too, that like of what's happening there. Um, one of the components that I think is so important that I would love more dialogue to be around is uterine tone, which mm. is I'm sure something that you practice with a lot in your pelvic therapy practice too mm-hmm. but in looking at uterine tone as being kind of like this delicate balance where you don't want like it too tonified and too tense you don't want it too loose either like you want it somewhere nice in the middle and when there's like maybe extensions in too far one the direction or the next you might have not enough menstrual bleeding you might have too much menstrual bleeding you might have quite a bit of cramping, maybe thickness of your blood, kind of like a large variety of different types of ways that that might express within your body. Um, But with steaming, especially when you're using herbs that are like urine tonifiers too, that you're essentially directing all the medicines straight into your vaginal canal, straight into your uterine tissue. It really helps to tonify that space and start to shift the whole tissue state of your body because it's also Mm. a ripple out. And often I'll find with my practice when I'm working one-on-one with patients that whatever tissue state is coming up in the womb space is usually coming up within the body at large, whether that be, you know, tension or, or too much relaxation, Absolutely. even too, like, a, you know, and that's obviously the two like ends of the spectrum. And there's a lot that can be in between, um, but it's, it's all a reflection of one another, right? All of these organs are in beautiful communication with one another, which is why often I'm working with people for their uterine health, I'm working in their gut health too, mm-hmm. right? Or in these different aspects of the body, because they're these beautiful chemical messengers just chit-chatting away Absolutely. all day. <laughs> Absolutely. That's yeah. so spot on. I was thinking about when you're talking about the tone of your uterus, it's yeah. like reflected, of course, also like, yes, in the rest of the body and specifically in your pelvic floor, I'm right. sure if like, you know, we got to compare notes on our yeah. clients yeah. and then our oh, patients, it'd yeah. be really intriguing to see yeah. like where, where someone had that tension and if they were carrying it also there. Right. Um, and yeah, the herbs being like a huge uh, piece of having that mm. tone. And then mm. with the melting of the steam, like mm. it sounds like a perfect balance of like getting you to this, this beautiful place, like right in the middle that works right. for you. Right. Yeah. It's like the most intimate spa that you can create for yourself. Oh yeah. I mean, they like have these, steaming. these yeah. like, in-person spas mm-hmm. and when yeah. you can be in circle with women with other mm-hmm. leaders and oh. and have that time and uh, it's like oh. such an experience I've never done that, never done that myself either. I'm so curious I've had friends do that really? yes and it sounds it sounds really incredible to be honest I, I've only ever done like a private practice yeah course. me too which but, is so I, I mean it's so incredibly healing on my own but also they're so vulnerable that'd be so curious to see what that would manifest as when you know in circle of women yeah to what things would come to the surface when you know obviously there's this grand interconnectedness between us all so like what things would unleash in that type of setting I don't know I just had an idea <laughs> I had an idea and it's to have like I've been a part of these parties before like a pussy painting party okay yep but what if we had like a yoni steaming pelvic steaming party and I really like oh, that wouldn't oh, that be a powerful all circle the tension in my body really that's my full body yes I think yeah. <laughs> it feels like I'm on a pelvic steam right now just fully yeah. melting into the <laughs> well I guess just because you yeah. are like a doctor yeah. yes. is there anyone that like wouldn't benefit from a steam or like mm-hmm. would you not do it yeah. or is it contraindicated so, for someone? I would be definitely weary around pregnancy for mm-hmm. sure and if you're trying to get pregnant I would probably avoid doing it in your luteal phase because it's going to help 
draw the energy down, right? So if you're trying to get pregnant and you just ovulated, you really want to keep the energy up there in the uterine space. You don't really want to draw any of that tissue state downward. Yeah. Um, and definitely not during pregnancy. You don't want to like cause any sort of expulsion of tissue. Yeah. During that time, I'm leaning into if there's any other class of beautiful humans that I wouldn't recommend it for. I feel like that feels wholesome. If I think of anything else, we can put it in the show notes of just like things Absolutely. to look out for. Totally. Um, but I feel like that's the main one. You can overdo it. It's not something you want to, you don't want to pelvic steam every day for mm-hmm. sure. But I think a few times throughout each lunar cycle can be really nice. Even if like, I'm a big fan of ritual as well of like yeah. le- of leaning into, you know, what phase you're in, maybe what phase of the moon that you're in and perhaps having that ritual of pelvic steaming being around then. I really like it in my personal body. I really like it post-menstruation, kind of mm. right before ovulation type of time. Just like if there's any like residual ickiness, I don't know how to call it, or just residual mm, within the uterine space that maybe you would like to be removed before the ovulation phase steps in. And that's kind of more of the pumping phase. And then I also really like it right before menstruation, especially if I'm feeling like any sort of bloating down there, any sort of kind of like pre-cramping some women that I've come um, like in relationship with will notice a lot of cramping before their period starts, mm. right? So during, in those situations, like in that pre-menstrual time in that phase, I think it's a really nice time to connect with pelvic steaming, which will be my favorite time is in that pre-menstrual phase. Same. Yeah, <clears throat> I really like it then. I don't typically recommend it during the actual bleeding phase itself. Also, so that's a slight contraindication. It's not like a big, big no-no, but I just think as far as the process goes, that's at bay during menstruation. There's already so much going on. Your uterus is already doing this beautiful shed that I don't think it's all that necessary then to put steam into the equation. Um, it can be a really nice time to do a bath soak though. Mm. I'm a very big fan of bath soaks. <laughs> and do you put herbs in your bath soak? I do. I put herbs everywhere. Okay, okay. I figured. I just had to ask though. I'm clear. <laughs> okay, wait. So say say someone yes of course they can go and buy the blend that you've created um through monthly rituals but if someone doesn't have access to that and they already have herbs just growing around in their garden what would you recommend to you I really like calendula as I was mentioning earlier I also really like lavender and especially if you have any sort of dysbiosis within your vaginal arena so that might show up as EV that might show up as yeast that could show up maybe as like a, an STD type of type of situation UTIs could be PTP, could be UTIs mm. for sure I really love pelvic steaming for that mm. um really because you're putting the herbs and the medicine straight to where you need it right when you ingest things for those for those types of imbalances, you know, orally, yes, eventually those herbs or whatever you're taking is going to get there, yeah. but there's a lot of steps in the body for it to finally get into the uterine tract or finally get into the urethra or wherever you're trying to go. Okay. So pelvic steaming is really nice for any sort of dysbiosis there. And so, okay, just to put it in a, yeah. another word, yeah. like, so it's okay if you have yeah. like an active infection yeah. to do a pelvic steam. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, absolutely. Okay. My only hesitancy would be just be in tune with how hot you are, mm. right? So in some of these types of imbalances, especially with yeast infections, if there's a lot of heat, 
like in your external vulva area, it might not feel good to have steam on there, right? So kind of lean into like, would that feel good right now or not? And if it's a no, then I, I would invite a sitz bath or a bath soak where you can do kind of more tempest water and you just sit in there longer. So you're getting the herbs like straight to that region, but you're not doing so with such a hot medium. Yeah. Um, I also really like poultices for those reasons, which in poultices, you essentially put a bunch of herbs in a cheesecloth or into some sort of cloth that has, you know, like a little bit of a looseness to it so that the extractions are able to move through. Yeah. And you just dip it in warm water and then put it straight on your yoni until mm-hmm. it feels like it absorbs in. You kind of keep doing that for as long as you feel comfortable. Mm, I love that. I yeah. love that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So calendula, yes, lavender. Like, um, I also really love cleavers, which is popping up around town right around now hey it's my favorite herbs ever let's actually. go harvesting <laughs> it's, it's popping up in the manchester preserve area bit i just seeded my garden with it and i've tried so many times and this is the first year it's popped up and i like oh cried of happiness when i saw it <laughs> like this is probably like i, I wasn't pmsing but i was definitely <laughs> feeling myself that time <laughs> but fevers are so cute the cutest um to me at least and it's also called bed straw and the reason why it's mm. called that is because a lot of animals will actually make beds out of it and give birth on it no yeah. way it's super special like feminine birthing herb too i've never heard of that before yeah. and it's this beautiful lymphatic cleanser it's one of my favorites for lymphatic especially mm. for kiddos too like mm. kiddos that maybe have like a lot of swelling in their lymph nodes type of situation or like even some like chronic infections that i feel like things are always coming back again cleavers is really good at moving the lymph through um but I love it within the pelvic space too okay yeah and then think of any other herbs that are just like around more that you can come across like the raspberry leaves are great the blackberry leaves are great so depending on where you're at you may have a lot of those in your neighborhood we have a lot of rosemary yeah actually rosemary is a really is one that would be like analogous to um to lavender in a lot of ways as far as some of the antimicrobial property goes to it it's a little bit more of a circulatory stimulant so it's probably better suited for someone that has like less heavy periods that maybe wants to start to bring more blood to the area Mm. or has like a lot of stagnation around their pelvis that's like achy Mm. that would really help with moving that okay too incredible Mm -hmm. god you're such a source of knowledge with all your herbs I love their, well, you know, they just like over time become my friends. So I'm like, oh, well, yeah, I'm dandelion. Well, I'll tell you about her. <laughs> they take on, I feel like, their own personalities, they right? They do. And especially now that I grow them, I don't think I felt this way as much when I just was studying herbs and drinking tea, even though I learned so much through that process too, of like flavor profiles and all of these things, what that, what mm. flavor means as far as like physiological changes in my body. Wild. which I loved to explore but now that I have a garden that's so full right now like I get to watch like how do these herbs interact with one another like how do they move in the wind how do they respond to the rain how do they like what do they look like in these different environments and how do they express themselves from being a baby to being full grown and right. like over that process of watching them you, you do witness personality like you do like you like it's, how can you not yeah, I feel like not. even my house plants like not even yeah. garden plants but my house plants oh, yeah have so much personality and they like, talk to me through their little wilt or their like absolute beautiful blossom like yeah. I have here in the sunroom right now but yeah. and you're paying attention to like where these plants like flourish too where in the yeah. garden like often I'll try seeds in all of these different places maybe only one will pop up 
in one area and really take off. And it's like, oh, okay. Like my lemon bomb, like, oh, you really like it under the apple tree. Like, I'm glad I figured that out because it took a while really? to get you to have, find a happy place. <laughs> I just like weirdly got this like um, vision and this uh, analogy of like the perfect place to have a baby or like mm-hmm. the perfect way your your body just works and it has a, a season or it has a timeline or it has like a position. I don't know. Just like right. all the things of like why it works so perfectly in one spot and mm-hmm. why it's like it's actually just such a miracle mm. to have a plant grow and then also to have like a little one grow just oh, right. out of like extremely beautiful circumstances and mm. like you can't always plan it you can't always figure right. it out but like right. sometimes it just happens absolutely to the birthing of the universe essentially right in so many uh, different ways within our own bodies within the plants etc like just ripples out and all of these different types of ex- types of expression but yeah. there's like similar patterns that like and that's why I feel like herbs to me are so like I put the word like a relatable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I get you artichoke like you're feeling fuzzy and like large today oh I, my I god yeah like you can you, you like see those things and you're like that becomes part of the medicine too yeah yeah oh my god okay so yeah I'm seeing like I'm looking around mm-hmm. even right now just and yeah. thinking about the garden because I mean our house we have a lot of land out in the front of yeah. course yeah um and I'm just like so excited to start to plant something mm-hmm. um but yeah we'll have to just see what ends up like popping up yeah well just the nettles right of that that like showing to you okay this is the first layer of the soil and like often comes up in more nutrient like deficient soil so right now this season by planting nothing you've actually like done a ton for the soil and that you've allowed all the minerals to get back in there yes <laughs> I am so happy yeah. I did my thing. <laughs> I planned that perfectly. The best farming is often lazy farming. <laughs> I've noticed that in time too. The more, like, the harder I try, the less success I have. The more, like, chill I am about, like, fears my intentions, the better the garden does. I'm going to need to remember that, yes, like, over uh, and over, I think, while we go through this endeavor <laughs> of, like, putting in a planner box and all that stuff. Quickly pausing our conversation to let you know that I'm now partnering with an absolutely magical and local to San Diego company called Monthly Rituals. My podcast guest, Dr. Kayleen, is a naturopathic doctor and she hand creates these herbal blends, salves, and botanical elixirs in her own apothecary. She's like straight up Hermione Granger. I've been personally using their pelvic steaming herbs and botanical teas right before my period comes to help balance my hormones and ease into my bleed. And I do almost a weekly ritual with the breast salve as I get ready for bed, especially around luteal phase. And I've also used the mind elixir for the moodiness and anxiety on a particularly stressful month, and it worked serious wonders. Like any sign of PMS, angstiness was gone. I can probably go on and on, but I want you to see and feel the difference for yourself. Honestly, the products themselves are so damn beautiful. You'll probably want to get the Transform Ritual, which is a bundle that allows you to explore diverse mediums of healing, including the entire collection of potent elixirs, loose leaf tea, nourishing salves, vitalizing steams, and a restorative soak for your bath. I'm just so in love with this local woman-led company and what they stand for, particularly with honoring our cyclical nature and doing that through our plant allies. 
head over to their site, which is beautiful, monthlyrituals.com, and use the code BRITTANY in all caps, spelled B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y, at checkout for $5 off your entire purchase. And now, back to the episode. Yeah, and I think what's coming up again, I know I touched on it earlier, but about like what herbs really showcase themselves with like what the our culture is more in need of or what, like, you know, our community is more in need of in each individual season, but then also just in like, yes, the individual seasons of fall and things of that nature, but then in the grander like seasons of life yeah. too, right? And then these transitionary times and we're still in like a pretty vulnerable place just coming out of like COVID and all of that. And just in a time where lots of chemicals and lots of like additives to foods and additives into agriculture and to all of these things into industrialism and all of that like we're just starting to really understand some of the repercussions of that Mm -hmm. and I bring that up because I see it a lot in my patient's expression really and there are many 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 times especially with hormonal imbalance that I'll dive deeper into like okay why do you have this really strong imbalance between your estrogen and your progesterone see a lot of estrogen dominance these days and a lot of that has to do with xenoestrogens essentially being just as a fancy herb for like estrogens in the environment and not phytoestrogens not plant-based estrogens but estrogens that are coming from chemicals essentially or estrogens that are being imbalanced in response to things like molds metals and other environmental toxins that we come in you know in accordance or come into touch with just being living on this planet at this time and something I've also come into a grand awareness with with doing a lot of these environmental toxin panels with my patients which can be super illuminating just to see like what are you exposed what are you being exposed to on the regular I've also found that it's not always like super um obvious with what the toxicants are going to be and the person's lifestyle meaning Mm -hmm. yes okay if they live a pretty like out of touch lifestyle with eating you know resonant foods and using resonant products and things like that they'll have more chemicals for sure but even people that I'm seeing that are eating organic that are being as sustainable as they can that are making their own cleaning products that are like have a pretty high level of awareness around toxicants in the environment I'm running their panels and still seeing them pretty high, right? Maybe different toxicants, maybe some are less than others, you know, but it's just showing to me that like, there are levels of things in our environment at the current, in our current time that are unfortunately like somewhat unavoidable. And I hate to say that they're unavoidable, but part of me is like, I think because I'm seeing it in people and even in myself I run toxin panels in myself and seeing mm-hmm. like high levels of things that I'm like holy moly you know where like where could this be coming from I have like a very high level of awareness which has filled over time and just been in this naturopathic world and yeah. have so much exposure to these other resources which I feel super privileged to be exposed to and still there's toxins present right right So to me, what this is really like magnifying is coming back to the roots, coming back to the herbal medicine, coming back to the things that we can do on a regular basis to cleanse and purify our bodies because we're going to come across crap in our environment, you know, especially, hey, you go to travel, you go to somewhere that you don't usually like exposed to those microbes there, not exposed to whatever toxins they use in their plants or whatever they use on their products, whatever it is, like you're going to come home with some of that in your system. Totally. Right. And that's just a part of it. It's like, I just went to Nicaragua and mostly everyone, it was so funny. We had a few couples there and, um, 
everyone was just talking about their bowel movements. Mm-hmm. It was pretty incredible, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but tastes good. it's like yeah. going from an American diet, which I think yeah. mostly everyone that had gone is pretty uh, health conscious yeah. and aware of what they're putting in their bodies and yeah. um, wanting to take care of that, eating yeah. organic, all that. And then going to Nicaragua where everything was also just like farm grown, yeah. like farm to table kind of a deal. And Beautiful. the chefs and everyone working yeah. in the kitchens there were just kept it so clean and simple. Yeah. And everyone was having these like major flushes. Interesting. Yeah. You know? yeah. And yeah. maybe like one of them maybe got sick, but he was feeling more of um like flu-like symptoms. Okay. But I was yeah. wondering, like, I I mean the body obviously it has so many of its own like healing things, like mm-hmm. mechanisms that are going okay. on. Like we're just assisting and we're just like watching, right? With right. like what we're putting in, what we're putting on, yeah. what we're around. Yeah. And so I was wondering if like maybe that was just his way of fleshing through something that he totally. was carrying, yeah. you know? When I, and I think expulsion is like one of everybody's greatest mechanisms. <laughs> <laughs> talk more on that. needs to go. <laughs> and I think, I mean, in my current patient load, so many people are constipated. So many people come into me and they don't even realize Same. that they're constipated. Same. Like, no one realizes right? what's normal. So can, yeah. do you want to share what's sure. normal in your book? Normal to my book is two to three bowel movements a day. Yeah. And like soft sausage-like, like wholesome bowel movements, dark brownish. Um, The jury's still out on whether they should float or whether they sink. I'm still, <laughs> I'm still in the sinking category. Of yeah. Humans. I go back and forth. Uh, yeah. Sorry, we don't want like any fat in the stool. So floating usually means that there's fat in the stool, especially if there's any sort of like um, mucus that like ripples out from the stool, which some people will see is just kind of like this layer in the water. That's usually fat. And we don't want undigested food in our stool. So if we're seeing, you know, last two nights meals or whatever it is in the stool, like that's not particularly normal. Certain colors are like if there's like beet juice color in your stool don't freak out I've had so many wipes where I'm like oh, oh. And it's like oh the beats the same thing with hot Cheetos that's one of my biggest vices but um yeah it's uh it can be a fiery one yeah, the next I'm day sure. yeah I'm sure <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, just like the color being a nice dark brown, I think yeah. is something that I like to emphasize too, because there's lots of different colors that can be expressed and that often is reflective of different types of maybe imbalances or places that we could just bring some more loving awareness to yeah. within the body space too. Agreed. Yeah. I feel like kind of going back to just like the, um, just like a bigger, uh, cultural vision, like yeah. what we're all doing and what we're all experiencing right now. It's like, we're all forcing, 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 and mm-hmm. trying to go, go, go and make all these changes and AI is taking over. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it's wild. Right. And like, yeah. we're just, our bodies are bracing for it. Mm-hmm. So I think you're exactly spot on where like expulsion can be such a powerful release and yeah. it can be a way to filter through the shit literally, literally and figuratively yeah. to just move on. Yeah. and get to something better in our lives right and I think I want to come back a little to the environmental piece too and I don't want to scare people or like 
put a state of fear and like that our environment is killing us or something like that right because right. I think that's really tempting and I've definitely in my own journey had like freakouts where I'm like okay well is this safe is this safe is this safe like do you, you can th- yeah you can go down a crazy valley yeah and that space and I think what I really want to encourage our listeners and that's what I encourage myself from for my patients is really to come back to these like found foundational elements that I mentioned earlier into like these seasonal components into the herbal medicine into the things that we can just continually bring into our arena bring into our our internal environment like through choice through intention through harvesting through you know choosing these sustainable sources to continue to cleanse our bodies and then to fortify them too a balance of both right is so so necessary and if you look at what's pops out in spring like it's often yes the cleansers like the Mm -hmm. like the red clovers the cleavers um, but then it's also the nutritive herbs, like the nettles, the oat tops. Oat tops are popping up right now, too. I mm. love oat tops as nutritive herbs that are more like fortifying, building. Do you want to do both? We want to strip some, but we also want to to build. And I think that we there's also like a big culture around cleanses, yeah. right? Everyone's like <laughs> yeah. cleansing. And I, I love cleansing. And let's do it in like a responsible way for our bodies. You don't want to strip all of like your minerals out. You want to make sure that all those are going back in too. So doing that in like a pretty, in as wise of a way as you can. And of course, yeah. experiment with what feels good in your body. Like that's one of the number one ways to like figure it out for right. sure. Right. Um, But having some sort of seasonal type of ritual of cleansing is my favorite way to do it because then it doesn't necessarily have to be this like over encompassing, you know, three month thing or two weeks, just juice or, yeah. you know, one week, just water. And Hey, if that's like right for you, go for it. As long as like you're doing so in a really stable, knowledgeable way. And you have a support team around you and all of those things and you're doing it safely, but otherwise on like on the regular and then seasonally and ritually, like we can bring in things from our environment that are literally popping up in our backyard to help us to remove some of these toxicants that are, we're going to inevitably be exposed to just totally. living on this planet. Totally. Yeah. It makes me think about like, I mean, maybe people aren't so into like the pharmacology part of like yeah. medicating themselves, but I know yeah. a lot of people that take supplements. I know yeah. a lot of NDs that, yeah. you know, provide and suggest you take a yeah. certain amount of supplements and it can right. be kind of overwhelming. So I can totally. already feel like, yes, supplements and any kind of pharmaceuticals may help for yeah. the time being, but yeah. maybe they're not meant to have you take them for an X well, amount of months, you yeah. know, and I feel like the herbs and the way you're describing them, using them cyclically, using them seasonally and responsibly with respect is what I'm feeling is like this beautiful message for people, like a reminder that you don't have to go out and purchase it. Like it can be something that is grown just outside or found at your local farmer's market if you have access to that. And to me, it's just such a grounding practice in that in the industry where supplements are so pushed, where pharmaceuticals are so pushed, where like so much of this exogenous things are being pushed our way in order to heal us, right? Right. It's like that can be to me so disconnecting. And I come from a place where like there was a time in my life where I had really gnarly Lyme disease and it was chronic. Mm. And I was like halfway through medical school or so, and like really took me out. I was like really gnarly neurological symptoms, really gnarly gastrointestinal symptoms, just really disconnected with my body too and kind of in a like perpetual state of fear it was a gnarly place to be and I remember looking at my cabinet one day and seeing like 
30 supplements or something. There's like 30 <laughs> supplements or probably more than that. Like supplements <gasps> filling the brim of like things I've tried, what hasn't worked, what I was currently taking. And I remember just looking at it all one day and just breaking down and crying and being like, fuck this. And I threw them all out. <laughs> like there's so much space in this cabinet high five you know? oh my god I realized over time that like that wasn't bridging me with myself yeah and sometimes like in acute situations like I guess I do use supplements and now but more in a much more responsible way and if I recommend them to patients would be for a very direct reason and would be a timeline to it mm-hmm. right of like especially like in convalescent like coming back from an illness or something like you know this vitamin c for this long da 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 um, but on the regular, like it's my belief that for the most part, we don't need to be taking supplements in that high of quality, that quantity, especially if what we're consuming in other ways is high in quality. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of room here, room here for to thread in different directions, because yes, like much of our soil is more deficient than it used to be. Much of the food that we're being, you know, might be eating maybe doesn't have as many minerals and things so we're seeing a lot more deficiencies in b vitamins we're seeing deficiencies in vitamin d and things like that that you might have to supplement for a period of time but even that should be cyclical right mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be necessarily like an everyday thing for the rest of your life yeah in a plastic bottle with this vegetable capsule that may or may not be breaking down with your stomach acid depending <gasps> upon how strong your digestion is and all these things so many you know, factors you said so true so many factors yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just, I love the message of coming back to the earth, coming back to our womb wisdom, our body's wisdom and having that connect with just like the overall earth's wisdom and the higher power that's in control of it all. Right. Right. And to me, it's like, it's empowering. And for me, it's like recognizing that like my body and the universe has got my back. Right. Because Mm -hmm. I think that there is this temptation to be disconnected from the body when there's pain or when there's some sort of discordance going on. And then there's a temptation to use the things like the pharmaceuticals and supplements. And if that's where you're at, that's okay. And if that's where you need to be, that's okay. It's an evolutionary type of thing. I've been there too. And it's not wrong. But I think that many people will feel more connected with themselves once they learn that like the loneliness they might be feeling because of discordance in their body or whatever it might be like there's also a helping hand amongst our the communities of plants and amongst the community of sisters and brethren that have gone through these different experiences with healing with their body on different planes of experiences right yeah um but I remember one day in particular like recognizing that really fully knowing like really fully knowing that the universe had my back and it was like a day that I was looking in my garden like looking at like the herbs that had popped up that like shouldn't have been there quote unquote right right? that like I didn't put there that like popped up and wow did I really need them and wow did that like they really help whatever process I was going through or wow did they pop up and like my patient really needed that herb and I was sharing that with you earlier that like an herb popped up in my garden this week that I didn't even know what it was. I hadn't identified it for whatever reason. I just kept walking by it thinking it was like a cutie patootie. I'm like, who are you? And then I had an, a patient, like a case come up where it's like, I really want to use this herb that I haven't used that much in the past. It's like, I don't even know what it looks like. I look it up. It's the picture of the herb that's in my garden. I, and I was just it. like, 
I was jaw dropping the rest of the day. I was like so distracted the rest of the day because like, how could like- this magic happen? How is this happening? Where the thing that you are, you've been seeking, you've been looking for yes. it, quote unquote, yeah. but it was literally right in your face. In my backyard. In like, and like someone was grown in the actual garden itself. And then when someone was grown like in a pot next to my house. And I was like, you've Unreal. been here this thought, you only thought that maybe a few weeks ago, you know? And it's just like right in the timing that it's needed. And it was like, I heard you're calling. Yeah. Like, I heard you. And I really do believe that so many times these things come up for us and we just don't really fully see them. Mm-hmm. And in my own experience and in the experience of, you know, my sisters and brothers too, of like, of being in this mental body so much and having like this go, go, go type of culture that you mentioned earlier too. And like this temptation to move on to the next thing. That we not, might, our eyes might not be fully open and our hearts not fully open. Maybe our womb's not fully open to seeing like what's being presented for, to us. There's all of these gifts all of the time when we really like feel into it and open our eyes. Yeah. And I even notice like the days I walk through my own like yard or walk through my neighborhood and there's days where I'm looking down more and I'm thinking and maybe I have a worry in my mind or some sort of stress and it's like the day goes by and it's like I didn't notice the crow I didn't know you know I didn't yeah. notice the, the poppy flower that opened in the garden or whatever it is you know these little gifts that come to us in the day so it's true. like when the chin lifts when like these different centers within ourselves open and we feel safe to do so there are so many gifts in the natural world that are here for us in the in a medicinal way. Oh yeah. Like it is our medicine. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. There are times where I'm like stuck in this, not stuck, but I'll I'll stay put in this yeah. office and I <laughs> I maybe wander over to the kitchen and nourish myself and yeah. take the breaks I need, but hardly, especially since the rain's been here. I I won't really go outside a lot, but as soon as James gets here, he's like, let's go outside. Let's go check on the garden. Let's go check around the house. Like, let's do a walkabout. Yeah. And I, I begrudgingly do it, but I'm always so glad it's like going to yoga class. Honestly, it's like, I'm so happy that he takes that time to, you know, convince me and it doesn't take that much any longer, but but the intention, yeah. Yeah. The intention to like go outside and look at what magic has unfolded. Right. It's like his favorite part of the day. And it's so beautiful. I know it's so fun to like watch him be a witness too. And for myself to witness that it's like, and then me witnessing the actual plants and everything changing and just nature. Everyone's always in awe of the the nature that I get to be around here in the office, just with the crows and the hawks and the coyotes and just, yeah, every, everything. So, okay. I'm curious, (laughs) like just for you as a Mm -hmm. professional and in this season of your life, how are you, how are you helping people? What are Mm -hmm. you wanting to do and share with the audience on? Yeah. Like that. I feel like I have my hands in a couple of different pots, like beautiful pots. You know, one's a lily. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah. They all have plant personalities. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly my day-to-day is working one-on-one with people, which is what like brings my heart the most joy in naturopathic consultations. And it's really fun for me because I've created, I guess, this reality for myself where I get to sit down with people for two hours for the initial visit and like really wow. get to know them on mental, emotional, physiological levels into, you know, what's most alive for them in their current experience, why they're seeking care, but also what's their past like, what's their family history like, you know, what's their social arena like, what are they choosing to put in their bodies, all of these really like integral things that I think 
kind of compile into a person's experience. Mm -hmm. And then it gives me enough time to do a really thorough physical exam, which I love doing because Mm -hmm. just like the plants, when we open our eyes to like, you know, what's around us and what's in our environment, like when you really open our eyes to like, wow, how is our body trying to talk to us? So many incredible things come up. And I just love the process of making the interconnections between what you might be feeling, how your body is presenting Mm -hmm. it, right? And like, really drawing these bridges together that are often pretty comforting for people and just being like oh well that makes sense and I love that feeling but like oh that makes sense so that's like my number one goal I feel like (laughs) in that first meeting is like let's bridge these gaps of your understanding so that your experience feels more wholesome and feels more so like um your body speaking to you right and this knowledge base coming through rather than like this is happening to you yeah happening to you Right. Rather than more of like the I am experiencing rather than I have, I have, Mm. right. The I have endometriosis, like, or whatever it might be, right. Insert a gazillion things. Right. It's like, how about like in the status of I'm experiencing pelvic pain and experiencing tenderness and experiencing irritability in my mental arena, whatever it is. And just try to shift the dialogue a little bit. Yeah. And I find that that often like ripples out in so many ways especially for the mental emotional body 100%. Um, and then from there I have this really beautiful opportunity of taking some time to integrate all the information I learned and create this treatment plan which for me is such a fun like creative type of thing that I get to do and it always includes lifestyle change it always includes some sort of dietary arena because how could it not right right um it pretty much always includes herbal medicine and that might be these tinctures powders I really love herbal broths I've been using a lot of those recently yeah yeah because so many people need digestive healing and then you can put so many different herbs within to a broth so I've been prescribing that's really cool medicinal broths is what I call it you really go witches brewers what I'm picturing you as I love it that's what it feels like it really does and it's I love it so much so those are like kind of the majority of my day and I have an apothecary that's connected to my home that I built out for the last few years my partner has been so integral with actually like building the constructs of and now has just like really blossomed into a place that's a haven for me yeah and also like a place of creativity and of medicine making you know of intention making of spell making of like all of these things in this space um and so that takes up my largest chunk and then I have a couple of passion projects as well monthly rituals which we've touched on a few times is one of my passion projects and something that we're still like you know getting out into the arena and the reason one of the major reasons why I wanted to create monthly rituals is because I work mostly personalized so every formula I make in Ruja Rivers which is my personal business it's all going to be an individualized formula so I'm really I very hardly ever make the same formula twice Mm. it's always going to be different depending on that person's needs and people are just unique right so it's pretty rare that the same formula comes up but sometimes it does um And then over time with monthly rituals, I was able to create this educational space and these formulas, which are like kind of cornerstones of what I see in my practice a lot, especially in the like women's reproductive realm in the menstrual years Um, and utilizing these formulas that I just see kind of pop up within my community in my personal practice a lot. So I created that. It's been really fun to put educational content out with that too. It's been like a really fun avenue to just explore the things. A lot of the topics we talked about today, quite honestly, like the seasonal contributions of ourselves, our menstrual cycle, the lunar cycle, and all of those beautiful interworkings, really breaking down the hormone system too of like, what is estrogen? What is progesterone? Why might they be 
out of balance? How might we feel in our body? You know, and all of those little nits and grits that to me, I, I live a lot in the energetic emotional realm, but I love to tap into like the detailed intellectual piece too and super nerd out on that stuff, yeah. you know? Like yeah. I'm someone that loves biochemistry. <laughs> you know, like I, I love you it. would. You yeah. would. So, I could see that yeah. and I appreciate it. Yeah. So it's kind of a fun realm for me to really dive and share all these physiological things that I think are so important. And it creates a space for me to be creative poetically. Yeah. And I love poetry and writing. It's always been like a huge piece of who I am. I've been journaling since I was like, since I could write, really. So it's this beautiful avenue for me to like, bring in the fluidity of poetry into the fluidity of physiology and like help Mm. those meet and share it with a broader audience and just really like this avenue to get herbs and education around our bodies especially for women for women for those that have wounds and understanding of their bodies more because for me I grew up in a world where there wasn't a lot of education around around my pelvis around being a woman you know around being having being a cyclical being is what I should really call it around being a cyclical being and now that I have gained this knowledge I just want to share it with the world because it's been transformative for me right and I feel like that's all we can do is like ripple out what's been transformative for ourselves absolutely the arena for others yeah totally I mean that reflects on my journey as well right and I think that's why like your work complements my work so Mm. beautifully and vice versa and it is so true like I've created this podcast for the reason to share this wisdom that wasn't shared with me right off the bat and I wish I had had this five years ago and just would have even made different decisions based on it you know Mm. so you are just (laughs) I think of you as a garden fairy Mm. wizard witch goddess like all of the things on my resume yeah (laughs) (laughs) you should (laughs) no but I appreciate that and I appreciate what you said around the timing of things too like yes you wish you heard of this five years ago and I feel like I feel that way often in things when I'm exposed to them but I also feel like into like this information comes your way when you're ready to learn it and maybe that's someone that's listening today that's like wow damn I wish I knew about blah 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 yeah like so much earlier oh like, yeah no it's coming to you like at the most beautiful time that it can and it's going to ripple out in its organic way and yeah I don't know I think sometimes we need to struggle a little bit <laughs> no I feel like we're ready to well to absolutely to you have to walk through the yeah. fire and I feel like people yeah. I mean it's interesting because I always struggle with this when it comes to like pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, and helping people in that time and helping them in postpartum. Cause yeah. I personally in this lifetime have yeah. never been through that. Okay. Right. But right. like, I of course have like a handful of knowledge and not a handful, but you know, I yeah, a good chunk. Yeah. A good chunk, but also <laughs> no pun intended. Cause I use my yeah. hands <laughs> <laughs> to help people during that phase. And it's, um, you know, it was always like a stinger for me when I was like doing prenatal yoga training and just like questioning myself and questioning my wisdom and my womanhood, like for not even having gone through this. And yeah, I'm guiding people on how to do it. Like what? So I get that. And I also have been able to hold space for myself on that and, and lift myself up. And then going on to like more of this cycle syncing mm-hmm. discovery and embodying my feminine nature my cyclical way of being like that has been trial and 
it's not been error by any means, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I appreciate you saying that too, that it all comes to you in divine timing and it really does. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I hear people like when I share this information too, yeah, whether that it's, it's about pelvic floor or it's about something in their pregnancy or postpartum, right. or it's about like hormonal stuff and birth yeah. control. I, I hear a lot of anger mm. and I think that's where we can even go all the way back to the expulsion and being able to mm-hmm. express yeah. Not just through your poops, but, <laughs> yeah. but through like actually raging out if you have it, like if you yeah. have anger about not being able to know all this stuff, not mm. being able to know that you can rely on earth's supply mm. without being able to rely on your own womb wisdom right. and your body's intuit intuition and its knowledge. Yeah. Um, I, I get that people are angry. Yeah. And I appreciate that you're mentioning that too, because I think that there, especially in the world of supporting and other wombs and things, there's been so much shame around a connection with the womb space too, that it becomes like this disconnected place. And then once you like start to open up that channel, like there can be a lot of anger there because it's like, it's our birthright. It's our fucking birthright to be connected to our bodies, to have these like beautiful relationships with our womb space too, because it really is a teacher, right? So it's like, I see it as like this, like, I picture, I don't know why I picture my womb this way. (laughs) I should say this out loud. Say it. Okay. I picture kind of my womb, like the energy behind the womb. It's like, it's like a crone type of energy. Oh yeah. This older type of wisdom to it. Long white hair, right? Like, flowy white dress in the wilderness and there's like some fierce ass animals there too mm. you know it's and that information it's like a cauldron is there for us yet there's been kind of like this closing of the cauldron closing of the doors of like the wounds of the witch too right oh yeah closing the doors of like that creative center closing the doors of being able to use herbal medicine and these other things that are you know considered more witchy or like sometimes I feel like people just think it's too simple but I'm like yeah (laughs) dude do you know how fucking powerful herbs are yeah like we've evolved from them yeah we are part herb people (laughs) we are like adult herbs yes yes little bean sprouts all the way to freaking trees it is it's our origin really even if you start and that's a whole nother topic but if you look at like the physiology too of how plant like plants um communicate even within like their own circuitry like they have neurotransmitters that are the same as our neurotransmitters not mm-hmm. all of them but like majority of them and it's showing that, like we've there's a whole like theory and sh- like strong run around being evolved from plants right so it's like they're our ancestors too right <laughs> did you read secret life of plants oh yes I okay i i started reading that and then i i gave it yeah no i had to yeah. I lent it to someone and I never got it back. So, but that's actually been on my mind. Like when you were talking about that, it's like, I need to read that again. Yeah. Like I need to pick it up. He does. That's Stephen Beaner, right? Mm. Yeah. He does such a beautiful job of that very thing of being poetic, but then also like ripping down the physiology in such a way that I so respect. And I think I learned a lot actually about that very topic of our neurotransmitters coming from evolution of plants in his very book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah such good knowledge in there yeah. I think that's also why I talk to my plants and like mm-hmm. if I play music I'm like very conscious about like not playing a lot of like rock I don't know yeah you're like you don't like I that you know, you're flowering right now you need a lot of Taylor Swift yeah, it's true. We love it. Yeah. She's flowering. You all love it. You're all gonna love it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Well, oh, Dr. Kayleen, yeah. I'm so happy that you were able to join me on this so podcast. Long. This is so fun. I love I'm you so much. So thankful that you're doing. That. I love you so much. I'm so thankful you're doing this and just sharing the good word, Thank right? You. Sharing the things that are on our hearts. It's beautiful. Well, to expand that into this virtual and expensive arena that we now have the you we know can take advantage of access it. to. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, one more yeah. thing then. How okay. can people get in touch with you? What's yes. your preferred method? And um, so my website is Rooted Rivers, and that's probably a good landing site too. You can like write me a little message on there if you want to connect for whatever the reason might be. Um, I have an Instagram too, but I don't really use that often. So okay. you can pop on there. I'll see it eventually. That's fair. It's also Rooted Rivers. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Perfect. but that's kind of the thread. And then... I practice out of Indigo Dragon Wellness Center, which if you're local in San Diego, is such an incredible space for so many reasons. It's mm-hmm. in Lucadia, right next to Pemmican Coffee, and it's, there's so many incredible healers there. Like each and every person there, I feel so lucky to be in the presence of between mm-hmm. acupuncturists, chiropractors, massage therapists, like people in the psychiatry type of realm. And then myself there as a naturopathic doctor, there's just so many resources, which are really beautiful. So I'm very proud to be part of that team. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you can always stop by in there too. Yay. Well, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening and putting your finger on the Pelvic Pulse podcast. I'm Brittany Ellers. The music for this podcast was created by Justek. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts by hitting the subscribe button and share it with your loved ones if you found the episode helpful. If you haven't checked out my free womb medicine meditations or phasic community, click the link in the show notes. The meditations and community boards are the perfect place to begin or broaden your connection to your pelvic health, no matter what stage in life you're in. I'd be honored to support you along your journey.